talk to former Major Leaguer, our friend Kent Merker. I'd list the teams, but it would take the entire interview to list them. We don't list have them. that kind of time, Kent Merker. Good morning, sir. Hey, I've got all the time you guys have, so let's do it. <laughs> hey, you know, Ken, I was uh, watching ESPN this weekend, and Buster Olney is a respected guy, and he said there's 5% chance the season starts and 0% chance it ends. What say you? I would love to have Buster's crystal ball on that. Uh, I mean, assuming there's no political motivations from either side, I don't know how anyone could predict that, but Buster's been around a long time. I really respect him as well, but uh, I'm a little bit more optimistic than that. Yeah, I am too. I am too. And you know, Ken, I was uh, over the last few weeks and when all the negotiations became public, I was kind of disappointed and I thought, ah, just let's just see you in April of 21. And I was kind of disgusted with both sides. And then the more as the plan comes out for the 60, I'll be watching. You know I will be. I can't stay away from it. In a 60-game season, that's going to be damn interesting on many levels. Oh, I think so, too. And, and you know what was unfortunate, I think, through this whole process is that it, it, we took a national emergency, and I think both sides got a little caught up in politicizing this and almost turning it into a pre-CVA uh, right negotiation after the end of 2021, which I guess you, inevitably you figured that would happen to what level. And I think it got a little bit carried away personally, but I'm with you on this. Listen, I know the players are ready to go. It's not ideal for anybody, for owners, for players, everybody's losing money, but we need to get, they need to get back on the field, which they're doing. You hope the outbreaks, the protocols for the COVID are probably going to a major league park. It's going to be one of the safest places you could possibly walk at, at this point. But I'm with you, Jerry. I think this 60 game shootout is what I'm going to call it. <laughs> yeah, I it's think, a sprint. <laughs> yeah, I think I think instead of 10 teams or eight teams even or six thinking they have a realistic chance over a 162 game schedule to win, I think you've got 20 plus 25 teams that think, dude, we got enough young pitching or pitching, we could carry through 60 games and put ourselves in contention. And and maybe teams that, again, that were on a rebuild year or whatever, maybe they get hot. And I think every team during the course of a calendar year gets hot at some point, right? If this is that chance for, for the San Diegos of the world or for some of these teams mm-hmm. that weren't expected to do well to get hot, I think it could be a very, very interesting October or September. Yeah, with 30 players to start off, then it goes to like 28, 26. And you know that with extra innings, you're going to have a runner at second. Do you think teams will just bullpen you like crazy? Because they know, hey, we only got 60 games to play. We can throw out guys for, you know, two batters or three well, batters. Well, there has to be a minimum of three, yeah, but still. Right, and, and I and I, I absolutely, Torg, I think, I think it's going to be interesting, and I think it could kind of be a uh not a precursor but just the way things and the way these rosters are going to be managed the way guys are going to be used i think it could be start to occur more in a normal 162 games <laughs> if that makes sense yeah. now, i don't think the runner on second i think for for this purpose for this 60 game to try to keep guys healthier so they're not playing even more innings when they're not going to be at 100 percent out of the gate I think it's a good idea. I don't think moving forward that that being a permanent rule change is a good idea personally. But yeah, I think I think you're going to see a lot of staffs. Personally, I don't think a lot of starters are going to go deep in games. I think it's going to be a situation <laughs> where 
guys go two or three, get them out, get it, get the next guy in. What that'll do is keep everybody sharp, you know, keep them a little bit more healthier, keep the innings down if at all possible. And I think what's beautiful is I think you're going to have teams like the Dodgers that try to go 60 and up. They'll do everything they can to win every possible game this year. So it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. MLB's uh, Kent Merker is with us this morning. And, you know, you think of a 60-game season, a 10-game losing streak, you, you, you're out of it. You're done. You know? you're done. You're be, it's going to be really, really interesting. Do you think it's possible, given the shortened season, that somebody hits 400, let's say? I certainly think it's I mean, only 60 games. Gosh, guys have hit 400 over 60 before. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see we'll see how prepared a lot of people were, were staying when they were sitting at home during this. I think a lot of guys just resigned to the fact that there's not going to be baseball in 2020 and probably didn't work as hard as they normally would going into a typical February spring training. So that could be part of a reason why you may not see someone hit 400, but yeah, there's a handful of guys out there that that definitely would have a chance with an asterisk going into 2021 that they hit 400. But, yeah, it, it's going to be fun to watch Watch how this all plays out. Kent, so the Cy Young goes to like a 6-4 and four pitcher. <laughs> yeah. And now you're yeah, Cy. This, this would have been my chance to win a Cy Young. Yeah. It would have. I'm MVP, league MVP. Heck, I got hot for two months one, one time. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, wait. That was in high school. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was when you were a rock. You know what? I tell you what, I I like that what baseball's doing, and I think football should be hip to it. Baseball's having that 60 player pool in case someone gets sick, they have players available. I, I think the NFL, especially, should be looking at baseball's model and saying, all right, we got a practice squad. We should have 25, 30 players per team because you know, Ken, at some point, Someone's going to get the coronavirus, and they might have to shut five guys down. I think baseball's genius idea by having these guys around and available. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Torg. Here's the unintended consequence, in my opinion, or the collateral damage is. I, listen, I love minor league baseball. I owe a lot of how I got to the big leagues by playing minor league baseball. I know there was already talk of contracting teams, you know, in these small, the Fort Wayne, Indiana, right, the right. world, the Lake Elsinore's. And I just hope where they don't see this model of 60 guys and say, guys, why do we need two A-ball teams or three A-ball teams, two rookie ball teams, yeah. and so forth? Why don't we just go higher levels, triple-A, even double-A, maybe one short-season A-ball team for the college kids and the draft kids to come in, and then just let's – basically, that's our 60-man, right, additional 60 – 30 in AA, 30 in AAA, and we'll just pull from those guys, limit the draft to 10 rounds or whatever it may be. And I think it could effectively kind of minimize and eliminate some of these minor league which teams, which may, listen, as a business, I get it. But as, as an industry, like I still enjoy going to see some of my young players pitching in these yeah, uh, low A ball parks. There's still a lot of ambiance about. There's that. a charm there, sure, sure. There is, and and just so hopefully that doesn't. Hopefully this isn't such a great idea that they just decide to eliminate a lot of that. Maybe some of it, but hopefully it still remains intact enough to where it's it's what I consider normal baseball. Hey Kent, will baseball fold the pressure? Meaning they just they're testing soccer players because they're in training. I think they're like under three percent. 
Uh, NBA, I think, is right around 5%, which they should be. You know there's going to be cases. People aren't looking at the percentages. They're just looking, you know, freaking out at numbers. Do you think baseball would cave to the pressure if there were five cases on a team? Or is it, hey, we're going, we got a plan in place, we're going to finish it if we start it? Well, I think it's a little of both. I think it's all how they spin it because obviously there's 750 plus players. So, well, essentially 1,800 are going to be reporting 30 teams times 60, right? So if they report it as 3% or if they report it as 79 players, right? Like, obviously there's going to be more cases than there is in the NBA because there's more players that are going to be there. So, but to your point, I think, I think if it stays within considered normal, because I think it's very unreasonable to think there aren't going to be people that get COVID. Uh, I hope they stick with it. I hope they don't, I'm not going to say cave to pressure, but I hope they don't, I guess, overreact out of the gate to maybe what some other organizations are doing and just kind of let things settle. If it does hit and there is a big spike, just kind of let it settle. Take that 24 hours, to think about it before you make a rash decision. Now, Major League Baseball did make the announcement official, and you tell us what you will uh, miss without these uh, as a player, right? Major League Baseball has prohibited spitting. Were you a big Uh, spitter? I would be permanently suspended. (laughs) Showering? Uh, I'd make it until early September before I got suspended. I could go a month and a half without showering. And post-game buffets. Hey, how about this? <laughs> what if you spit on yourself as you shower? <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you think you know post-game buffets I'd be fine with? Yeah, okay, I, I, I'll find a way to eat. There I'll you go. Lunch. Yeah, I'll go back. Old old school elementary brown bag it if I have to yeah, do that. Right hey, Kent, uh, we're talking with Kent Merker. How hard is it going to be for players not to celebrate? That's your natural reaction. Game-winning home run. Uh, someone strikes out the side. You're not supposed to high-five or celebrate. I would think out of just human nature, I'd forget. No, and I would too. And and I think, guys, and I'm hoping this, I think, I think that they went overboard with all of these protocols and rules, understanding you can't really fine a guy or, or suspend a guy for spitting, fist bump, high five, pat the butt. I mean, I yeah. think they know that's still going to go on, but they almost have to put it in writing that, hey, it wasn't us that broke the rules. It was the players. You know what I mean? Like, I think there'll be a lot of uh, leniency towards those type of things. Now, if it's a big pile on at the end of a game and, and one guy's on the bottom. And, sure the other 24 jumping on top of them, that's one thing. But I don't think they're going to police this to the point where it it almost doesn't feel like you're even playing a real game or it's uncomfortable that you have to think, wait, can I give them? Oh, we can't get – what if it's – we both have batting gloves on. Can we tap batting gloves against batting gloves? Mm -hmm. Like – I don't think it'll be that that, that hyperbolic as far as how they're going to monitor this. Have we seen the end of the DH? Uh. I think the opposite. I think you've seen where DH is going to be implemented in both leagues, personally. Well, that's what they're doing for this season. Yeah. The NL's No, but I mean, I mean, yeah. is the NL done with the, N- the oh, DH? Yeah. 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 No, I think the NL will. I think, and I think that's a good rule anyway. Yeah, I think that had to be uniformed one way or the other, either eliminated altogether or, or implemented. Or both leagues, yeah. 
Yeah, so I think I think yes. I think you this will be the last time you get to see a pitcher like me striking out trying to go deep every time he gets up yeah. there. <laughs> hey, and can- you know what? And it also creates for union purposes, a DH will create a higher paid position. Yep. Yeah. So you'll you'll and it gives it gives the fans a chance to maybe see guys towards the end that can True. still hit but can't really play defense as well. So it gives you a chance to see some of your favorite players, hitters extend their careers hey Kent real quick you know because it's funny my kids watching baseball and he's he you know says to me oh these guys don't want to play and they're making millions and I had to explain to him well and I made him watch the documentary baseball the Ken Burns thing and I don't think the younger fan realizes how ownership took advantage of players for a hundred years until 1994 Take us back, because you played in 94. Did you guys look at walking out and striking as a, hey, we're going to finally get some power back because they've been screwing us forever? That's exactly what we did. I actually was went on strike in 90. I was part of that. And then again, the lockout, we got locked out in 94 in August. Right. And it was just, you know what? We, we had a very solid union. The leadership with Fear and Orza and Michael Weiner were unbelievable. And I think I think what made it easier for us back then was less access for us to say something stupid in public, meaning we didn't have Twitter, we didn't have Instagram, yeah. we couldn't post things, which has made it easier for some players. But, yeah, we, 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 we were told this. The owners, to your point, they wanted salary caps back then. They consistently, and to this day, owners have always asked players to help them quit spending their own money by us accepting to something like, Hey, we, we wanted to pay you X amount, but you guys won't let us. So we never caved into the salary cap. Uh, and we were, and the one thing we were is we were, we had a lot of solidarity within our union where it wasn't so much the, uh, I'm not going to say caste system, but there weren't many, there weren't as many have and have nots back then. Meaning even the guys that weren't making a lot, were making a lot closer to what the guys getting sure, sure. the most were. So now you have that in between where, despair, yeah. yeah, a guy making $30 million, does he really want to give it up? And my question is, well, he's the one that can afford to give it up, right? It's the guys making five fifty that need right. to play more than the guy making thirty. So, yeah, I mean, and I think and I hope in 2021, at the end of 2021, that this taught the player side a lesson, like, the owners even took advantage of, of a national disaster or emergency. They still try to, to, to get as much out of you as they could. So, mm. so just keep that in the back of your mind. Go play, right. have fun. Realize you aren't playing for money, but money's involved. So you have to make those effective and those, those conscious decisions to make sure. And it's all about this, guys. When we were in 94, it wasn't about us that day. It wasn't a myopic view back then. It was looking forward to say, there's going to be guys in – like, I, I firmly believe that the fact that we were willing to sit out in 94 and 95 is, is a big reason why some of these guys are making 200 plus, 300 plus million dollars today, right? We could have yep. caved back then. Salaries are big, yeah. Of our next paycheck, but we would have given up something, a potential, you know, money, huge money making opportunity for the former or the uh, next generation of players. Sure. I hope those guys have that same mindset going into this uh, at the end of 2020. Yeah, and, and I think they will. Oh, and quickly, before we let you go here, I saw an interesting article on uh, Hank Aaron, and given your time with the Braves down in Atlanta, you you must have met Hank before and had a conversation or no? Oh, yeah. What so, a beauty so I'll guy. Give you a really quick story. Or, or I, like, are you up against a break? No, anyway, we're good. Go ahead. 
So I signed with the Braves, I forget what day in June out of high school. And Hank Aaron was the uh, field director. He, he was in charge of the entire minor league system for the Braves. And two, three days after I signed, we were at our senior high school party, graduation party at Salma Athletic Club. And I blew my ankle up, literally just crushed it playing volleyball. So my first, my first professional phone call, because my dad made me do it, was I had to call Hank Aaron and tell him. I'm like Mr. Aaron. Like, I'm, I'm just going, I'm scared that it, it wouldn't matter what I told him. I'd have been nervous <laughs> to call him, but I had to tell him that I just blew up my ankle and yeah. I'm out for at least eight weeks. And so, yeah, I got to meet Hank, and he was around spring training a lot. I actually saw him last year during the, when I went for the Dodgers-Braves uh, game, and he was riding around in a golf cart with security, and he actually recognized me, which I couldn't believe. So, and then every time I met, still see the guy. I'm just like, I think about who he was as a player and what he had to do. He's a great him. man. Unbelievable. He went through a lot, man. Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. he did. All Ken, right, thanks Ken. for the time, buddy. Appreciate Good it. Good stuff. No problem, guys.